Okay. We're live. We're going. And gentlemen, welcome to the sorgasm. We're licking our wounds. The game is less than an hour old. And uh, in a in a move against protocol, and we may have to atone for this uh, a week from now, uh, Uncle Impossible Lomas and I, Uncle Brother, are going solo because... Dino Blandino continues to pray to a god who may or may not exist. If this if this deity exists, they are at best ambivalent about the fate of the lions. So we felt like we had to get we had to document our response to this game as soon as possible. We know that our community, which looks to us for guidance and support, wants to hear our wisdom such as it is. So Lomas and I are, are here for you. So Lomas, you're you're yeah. you're, mm-hmm. you're Ragnowd with a nice uh, like a kind of a nice lined sweatshirt. It looks like is on. Well, this is a this is a robe. It's a robe. This oh. is a look. Yeah, I'm I'm back with the robe. I feel like I needed the the pride of the Ragnowd jersey, but also the comfort of a robe to swaddle I me. Agree. In, in the immediate aftermath of this game. Yeah, it, uh, I think, I, I'm still wearing my Lions sweatshirt, and, uh, but it's, um, whew, it, that was a lot. Let's just put it, at, let's just agree mm-hmm. right out the gate that that was a lot to deal with. I, I here is what I recommend. I think because yeah. this was a true roller coaster of a game, I th- I'd like to just do, and we'll see how long this lasts, just a volley back and forth of glass half empty, glass mm. half full. Because I think you can really yeah. cut this game both ways. And I think we just have to talk yeah. it out and see where we land. Um, and then I think we after, after we finish that, I'd like to talk a little bit about um, some self-care. <laughs> because I really feel yeah. like... I need a, a better strategy than just watching the game every week. And yeah. I, it's just, I, I don't, I feel like the steps, I think we're going to have to find something between Rorgasmistan and, and Rorahalic Nation. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be some yeah. happy medium because as we learned today, right. going full Rorgasm leaves a man's blind side open. And mine was. It leaves one depleted. I was depleted to say the least. I was pancaked by today's game. <laughs> I'm in the blue tent of life right now, and it's not looking good. I'm out four to six weeks. So, so Lomas, um, let's do it. Hit me with. Uh, let's start since yeah. they lost. With you yeah. go half glass half empty, and we'll just keep on going until yeah. we run out of things to say. <sighs> Okay, start with well, first of all, I want to say that i'm I'm totally down with this because my year, like years of Rora Holicism and and just being a Lions fan have makes us all a glass half empty group by mm. nature. And so that's kind of my like that's always there. Mm-hmm. but given the 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 advent of the orgasm i'm kind of, i found myself very much reaching for like to make excuses or like well here's some good takeaways from the game we know we know where fantetti's fantetti right he's all wow. the glass isn't half anything it's fucking empty and, and dry as a bone uh but okay fine anyway enough preamble glass half empty i'll start with 
Uh, despite the fact that the Seacocks had backup O-linemen in there, and at one point, even three backup O-linemen, we barely touched Geno Smith. We hurried him a little, little bit. The only sack came on that crazy, weird, backward scramble where Anzalone, of all people, finally got him. But, you know, Hutch, not a single sack. No one touched him, really, and that was disappointing. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think to pull back just a little bit more... You know, the Seahawks put up 31 in regulation, 37 for the game. They missed two field goals, including one of which was very, very makeable. So, you know, our our big question mark going into the season was, um, was the defense going to be middle of the pack? How much better was it going to be? And today was not a great performance by the defense. It had its moments. It did seem to me that, yeah. in general, the pressure got a little better over the course of the game, but they really, no takeaways, no real, you know, other than the Anzalone play, not a lot of statement plays on defense. So the defense very much remains yeah. a work in progress. And, um, you know, if your offense scores 31 points, you like to think you win that game, and it wasn't enough. Yeah, At home, At home especially. especially. So... Glass half full. This team, I think for the third consecutive game, found itself down in the fourth quarter. In this case, by more points than either of those previous games, which were lower scoring affairs. And they had a really impressive final eight minutes of regulation to tie it up and give themselves a chance to win. And so... Again, and, and just in terms of overall the the poise of the team, its belief in itself, its ability to to yeah. execute, and you know, and this is going to perhaps lead into another glass half empty. But the amount of key players that were either a hundred percent out of the game by the end or banged up, you know, they did that. Yeah. They they those last eight minutes, Montgomery was gone already. Montgomery was out of the game. Vitai was yeah. out by then, and um and yeah. St. Brown was like I don't know. He was in and out, in and out. It wasn't clear if this no. at that point he may have just been kind of a decoy. Um, and that was after mm-hmm. you know, and that was after Goff threw his very costly interception, and they still had enough. You know, if you're if you're asking like, is it same old lions or not? The fact that they tied it back up, to me, made even yeah. when we went into OT and you and you realize like it's a literal coin flip get, kind of thing. I felt like if they lose this game, I'm I'm gonna be relatively okay <laughs> because that comeback yeah. was like that was a real thing. That was fucking impressive. So. We can snake. Yeah. The, okay, go ahead. Sorry, if you want to talk about it. Yeah. Well, so I'll I'll respond to that, and so I think that's that's a good point. I think the old lions, the same old lions, lose that game in regulation. They come close to tying it up, maybe, but they fuck it. You know, they fuck it up. Like the classic same old lions would be that. Let's say they get a field goal, and then they actually get the ball back and have a chance to like tie it up. And they're driving the ball and then, oh, a holding penalty negates an awesome, you know, 20 yard pass. Okay, fine. Another, you know, like another holding penalty, a face mask, like the same old Lions would have, we would have come away being like, 
Well, they just fucked it up. Like, they just can't keep their shit together. This was not... I'd even... Like you said... I'd even say the other thing that would have happened with earlier Lions teams is that this would have really spiraled. Like, this is a game that I think they would have lost, like, 37-21 or 38-27 because a number of things were going wrong. I mean, Goff threw that terrible interception... And then there were all the injuries. And Seahawks, unlike the Lions, started getting a lot of pressure on him. And so yeah. what was really amazing is that they were able to kind of like, in the face of a lot of turbulence of all sorts, they were kind of able to like yeah. settle down and execute two back-to-back mm-hmm. drives, which, again, same old Lions, I just... I don't think they can pull that off, even if they had as much talent on the field. And so that that was a yeah, good sign. It, it, exactly. And I wasn't I, I wasn't shocked that they managed to come back. I mean, it was like, okay, let's go. This is difficult. But I was like, they have the the, the players in the game plan to do yep. this. And so when they did, I was pumped, but I wasn't like, holy shit, what a miracle. Yep. Right? That's the old Lions. Like it would have yeah. taken literally a miraculous play you know this was like no our offense when they get rolling like that they're kind of unstoppable and Goff well this is a nut we can talk about Goff in a second but I mean another another element of this is that they went into overtime they tied it up despite turning the ball over three times Yep. yep and not getting any turnovers on the other side and you know and that pick six of course was like again glass half full is like Old Lions, they that would have spiraled. Yeah. Like that, Goff would have fallen apart, or whoever the QB was, and they would have just kind of gotten blown out from yeah. there. Like yeah. you know, that that was a horrible pick six for sure. Uh, but they came back, tied it up, you know, marched down the field. Um, so yeah, there's you know, there's something too that I still trust this offense, yeah. and I still trust the offensive you know, coaches and, and Dan Campbell yeah. overall. So let me go glass half empty so that you don't have to do glass half empty. We'll sort of snake it that way back and forth. Okay. But I would right. say for glass half empty, even though Goff had overall like a decent game and made a lot of plays, we also saw that we, we, <coughs> it's two, <coughs> two weeks in a row now that we've played quarterbacks who... You know, Mahomes is arguably the single most elusive quarterback in the game. I don't know if Smith is in the top five or top 10. Maybe he's only in the top like 15 or 12, but he can also, he's mobile in the, in the, in the pocket. And, and one of the things you saw with Goff today is, and most of the time this isn't a problem because the offensive line is so good at protecting him. But when the, when the pocket breaks down, he he still makes pretty good decisions overall, but he he can do virtually nothing with his feet, and it's a very big in today's NFL. Yeah. It's a very big weapon to just not have at all, and it and it seemed like one of the mm, one of the things yeah. that I took away from the team with this being kind of the most glaring example of it is like in a weird way this team doesn't have a large margin for error, like when it. Because it's, as Dino said Mm. last week, it's this team of B players. Um, And because of that, like, they just have to execute a whole game long. And when they lose turnovers, 
um, you know, when the uh, you know that when they have mid-game injuries, their margin of error gets super narrow. They don't have enough guys yeah. that like can just pull a play out of their ass, you know, or something incredible. And yeah. that to me felt like I because I, I spent part of the week. I mean, we'll talk about this when we get to the self-care section, but like the amount of media, Lions-related media I consumed this week was really shameful, I would characterize it as. Like, I took care of my professional responsibilities and was a good husband and father, but like, it's, it was just, I felt a little bad about myself by the end. But one thing I looked at among 97 other things was like, if Goff moved up in the QB rankings on the ringer... And they, he gets no love. He is so dismissed nationally. Yeah. And in some ways today, you kind of understand it. Like, he is a, he's got a good arm. He makes good decisions usually. He rarely makes bad passes. He goes through his checks. But fucking A, man, he cannot move out of the pocket. And when stuff breaks down, you're not really... He will take a hit. But right. I, that was a little bit... You know, you're going to hear, I think, a little bit of chatter of, like, this guy's, Mm -hmm. is he really the long-term, is he the long-term guy for this team? Or or, or is he going to put a ceiling on it because of how much, ultimately, you need a quarterback who can scramble for seven yards on third and six, you know? Well, this this game didn't... I think for like generally and for Roar Nation, this game didn't move the needle one way or the other. I mean, Goff statistically had a, a, a damn good game, actually. He had the the pick six, which really, you know, brought him down. But he still had a QB rating like over 100. I think it was like 116 mm-hmm. or something. And he, and to be totally fair to him, I mean, he did escape the pocket on a couple plays and like moved around a little bit and made some really nice throws, some of them on the move. Mm-hmm. even So... Look, we know he's never going to be, you know, like a Mahomes type scrambling around, make something out of nothing type QB or even to the level that Geno Smith is able to do it, which, by the way, that's a little I guess if I can take this to a glass half full in a little way is that, you know, the old Lions, it would be like, okay, we're playing against like the second or third string QB of, you know, whatever team. And we're like, well, good. At least that's an advantage. And the guy would have his the best game of Matt his career. Flynn. You know, some guy. Yeah, some guy you've never heard of that suddenly looks like you know Dan Fouts, yeah. like just slinging yeah. it and like five TDs. This, this wasn't that. Again, now Geno Smith, he's a guy who's been in the league for a while. He's kind of bounced around to a few different teams, sometimes starting, sometimes backing up. But last year when he took over the Seahawks. He was pretty good. He had a pretty good season. And I think he's, you know, you, you, I guess you sort of have to throw away the first game with them. They're one of those teams, apparently, unless this game was a total fluke, but it's not at all uncommon, right, for the first game of the season, especially if a QB hasn't really played in the preseason mm-hmm. at all, which I'm assuming is the case with Smith, that they're a little rusty. And he came out and... He's, you know, he showed it last season and he showed it in this game. He's pretty good QB. And especially when he's not getting sacked, you know, and like his offensive line is giving him something of a pocket. He's a, seems like a fairly athletic guy, made some good throws. Um, and so 
it's not like we were going up against a total no, scrub. No, no, you know? He won. Um, and so he and, won most improved player last year. I think. I think they said that during the broadcast today. Mm, yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's another you know, guy. That, that's in a different way than Goff is a guy that was kind of dismissed at a certain point in his career. And it turns out he is yeah. also like a decidedly above average quarterback. And he had a very good day. Yeah. Um, he had a really good day. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll go for a, a glass half. Well, we just, okay. We just did a glass. I just did a glass half full. So I'll do a glass half empty mm-hmm. now. Um Let's see. Did we already talk about the D line? I mean, yeah, we mentioned we talked, it not getting well, we sacks, talked about but that. Yeah, that was how you opened with half empty. That the defensive line. Oh, okay. Well, then I mean, the then I guess all the glass half empty. The secondary gave up a lot of yards, and it just seemed like, I mean, Smith had an awesome day. Like his guys were open all over the place. Now he did play well, like we just said, but. It just seemed like they had a lot of big pass plays, you know, nothing like in years past where, you know, just every other play was like a 40 yard, you know, strike or like huge bombs for, you know, massive TDs. But we just could not get stops when we needed them. Uh Oh, uncle brother. Oh, there you are. Um, And so our second, I mean, glass half empty there is like, yeah, our defense is improved over last year but as i think we said like in our you know in our uh preseason pod they are they went from absolute bottom to better but still nowhere near like a good defense and apparently if this game is any indication have a long ways to go to become the kind of defense that like you know can kind of win you games um they it's this was sort of the inverse of the KC game, right? The offense was clicking and uh put up a lot of points and looked pretty unstoppable a lot of the time and the defense kind of got shredded on in the air. They were good on the ground. For the second game in a row they gave up um less than 100 yards, but they got shredded through the air. I want to do a glass uh half Well, I don't know what this is. Let's talk about turnovers because the Lions now, I mean, so last week you could say they kind of won the turnover battle because they had that pick six. But at the same time, they they fumbled on the KC like eight yard line, uh, which was forgotten about. It's right. So it was kind of forgotten about. I would say overall, you would say the Lions won that. But today they they really lost this game for turnovers. They had a super costly pick six. And then the Montgomery had that horrible fumble to start the third quarter. The game was weirdly inverted KC game, right? Because if you think back, KC game halftime, KC 14-7, I believe. And they got the ball third quarter and we got the pick six. And and you were thinking like, shit, if they go up 21-7 early in the third, there's no way we're coming back. And this game, I was thinking, like, it's 14-7 us at halftime. If we can score, if we can go up 21-7, I don't see Seattle coming back. And instead, we had the turnover, which they quickly converted. And I feel like the crazy thing about football is 
turnovers are so enormous. And Dino, I will say, Dino is prescient when he said it was either in our last pod of last year or early this year. He said, "We if we return to the mean on turnovers, it's going to be bad for us, and it's what's happened." You know, and obviously. Goff's phenomenal, you know, he's going to go down third all time and longest pass without an interception. It came to an end, as these things will do, and it came to an end in very costly fashion. So I feel like, you know, what do you make of the of the turnovers? Is there any reason, I don't, you know, is next week we're going to play clean and that'll be enough? Or, or is it somehow we get, you know, how do you think about turnovers when it's not, I think the only kind of turnovers that you look at is like this is a, a problem is either you have a back who keeps coughing the ball up and there are those guys. I don't think Montgomery's that guy. Or you have a quarterback that regularly makes really bad choices and Goff's not that guy either. So it seems like if we're looking at the turnovers is kind of like, you know, who knows? We'll have to see what next week brings. But you just do see you have to get lucky. Yes. And today we are less lucky than than we could have been. I feel like turnovers are it's it's where luck has the biggest impact on the game because there are really two kinds of turnovers basically, right? There are those that the other team well there are yeah. So there are there are 19 <laughs> kinds of turnovers. <laughs> like Eskimos have words for snow, right? Yeah, there it's, there are yeah. turnovers that the other team forces. And I would say the David Montgomery fumble, it's not like he just fumbled it. Like the guy punched the ball out. That was a good defensive play. And I'm actually surprised that doesn't happen more often just because guys are ripping at the ball. And it just tells Mm -hmm. you how strong these running backs are on receivers to be able to hold that ball in. But David Montgomery seems like a pretty strong dude. That guy just punched it out. And I don't know that that seems a little bit like like a good play by that guy and a little bit of a lucky punch, you know, like he hit mm-hmm. it just so. Yeah. And if yeah. you figure that on every play guys are punching at the ball in this instance, mm-hmm. it punched out in the worst possible place for the lions right near their goal line. And of course Seattle scored. Um, now the, the golf interception that he threw, that was entirely his fault. He threw it behind Gibbs and it was an easy mm-hmm. interception in pick six and that was another kind of intercept uh, turnover where it's entirely the fault of the person who makes the turnover, right? And that's an right, example right. of that. And then there are those, I guess there are really three kinds. Then there are those that are just pure, like, bad luck, right? It might be right. a throw that's a little behind and the guy goes for it and it tips up in the air. Like, maybe he could have caught it, but right. it was a difficult catch. Most of the time, it just kind of goes in the air and falls to the ground. And this time it gets tipped around and a guy gets it, you know, like a, a kind of yeah. more of a luck yeah, thing. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, you certainly, it makes it a lot harder to win the game when you turn it over more than the other team and it leads to directly to two scores of the other team. Right, you know? right, so right. They said, right, 14 points for the Seahawks off those two drivers yeah. and that's the now, game. Yeah. I'll, I'll comment you, that, like, which I think leads to another thing and again I don't know if this is glass half full glass half empty but Gibbs in this game we saw him a little bit more than we saw in the first game but not a ton more and mm-hmm. even when Montgomery went out they brought in that other dude 
and it Reynolds. was yeah uh, is that was his name Craig Reynolds yeah something like that and yeah you know like clearly Gibbs is not ready to just be the guy like the every down back and like that's not his mm-hmm. role maybe he's not good at that I don't know he yeah. had a moment or two during this game like catching a pass out of the backfield or maybe like making a nice run here or there but we're still waiting for him to be unleashed. And on that play where, where Goff threw the pick six, it was a pass to Gibbs, right? That was yep. the play. Yep. And it was the worst throw, obviously, that Goff made all game. And maybe the only truly bad throw that he made all game. Maybe I'm forgetting a few others, but it wasn't catchable. Yep. But the idea was good, right? Like, And, and again, Gibbs mm-hmm. was open. And if he had hit him yep. in stride... Which also is a callback to that other play that the announcers made a big deal of, and it was when Gibbs dropped yeah. the ball. When Gibbs and he was in stride, pass. had kind of open yeah. field in front of him, and yep. the pass was right there, and it just bounced right off his hands. And I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that was he was not better today. He was better last week, or more impactful last week yeah. than he was today. I would say overall, but but and that was surprising, right? But the vibe wasn't like, oh shit, this guy sucks, or like he's a no, bust. No, 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 it no. was more just like he's a rookie. You know, he he should have caught that ball, made some mistakes, but the tantalize. Like when he did get the ball, you're like, ooh, you could see little glimpses, like tantalizing glimpses yeah. of how explosive this dude could be. And it might mm-hmm. just take a while. So, yep. So let me do a, a half full, which pulls back a little bit. Okay. But I think is also I, I think is going to help me fall asleep tonight, <laughs> which is ten, fifteen days ago. Let's say fifteen days ago. If I said to you, you know, after two games, the Lions will be one and one, you'll you'd be like, of course, right? That's good, right? Right. Um, you would never have thought they would be 2-0 and because we just nobody right. dared believe that they would beat the Chiefs. And I even knew that, like, if you looked at the schedule, and again, everything's shaken out right now. We really still very hard to know who's good and who's not. But we knew the Seahawks were among the top half of teams we were going to play. And it was still early in the season. So the fact that we're 1-1, one one, you know, I... I'm okay with that. And, and the, you know, and the other thing that just you have to keep in mind is like, we could be 2 and 0. Yep. If you change one play in this game, and we could be 0 and 2. Yeah. Also. And so, like, I think what, you know, the weird, I've talked about this in seasons past that there's this weird thing in football that there's, there's wins that easily could have gone either way. And there's wins that, like, you were winning that game. Like the Bears game we went to. Like, right. The Lions, you you replay that game 50 times and the Lions probably win it. Yeah. And there's games that there's losses that are that way. I mean, this game, if the Lions get the coin flip, yeah. I think it's more likely than not that they win the game. I wouldn't it's be shocked not if a they guarantee. do. Right. Yeah. I mean, at that point, if they had gotten the ball and somebody's like, I'll even bet you on this. Like, yeah. I'm sure the moment Seattle got the coin flip that the win probability went to like 70%. Yeah to them, especially in a high scoring game. So, yep. you know, I, I feel like horribly for us as, as mental patients <laughs> next week now becomes crucial yep. because if they go to one and two and they lose at home to Atlanta, then, you know, the, then Fantetti's 
you know, numbers in the poll will go up yeah. because his his pessimism mm. um, will start to be vindicated. So I sort of feel like in a lot of ways, you know what? We should have been one and one after two games. We are one and one after two games. Yeah. They're both very clear games. I felt like we we for the most part did a lot of good execution down the stretch. Uh, in one game we got lucky and in one game we did. Yeah. I um, I'll say if we were 0-2 now, then I'd have a lot more glasses half empty than glass full. That's for damn sure. Yeah. And also, let's yeah. note, Atlanta is now 2-0. and They won today and apparently have something going. I can't remember who they played, but... They played the Packers. They played the Packers, correct. So at least the Packers lost, Which is lost another too. half full. Right. So that's a half full that, yeah. I mean, as, the, as my, my local Bears fans joke, the Bears are only one game out. <laughs> So they also might be the worst team in the league. But like, so the Falcons, which in years past have just been horrible, are now 2-0, whatever that says. But they're, you know, 2-0 and and just beat the Packers, who had a little momentum going into that game. So by no means is the... And are we at home or on the road against... I think we're at home again. Okay, but the Falcons... I think Dino might be going to this game. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean... I think this is the game that... The Falcons are at least so far, have not a pushover at all. And they seem yep. pretty good. Yep. So that's going to be tough. And um, I'll here's another thing to talk about. And I think this cuts both ways. I'll start with, I guess I'll go with glass half empty on this one. But the injuries, you know, this game yep. was very much a reminder that of just how fucking violent football is. Like on it, this game especially, it seemed every other play a guy went down. And at first it was Seattle, right? At first it was Seattle. And, but then, you know, we lost um, Vatai. We, David Montgomery went out and that was a revelation. Like he's been playing really well, despite that fumble overall, he's been good. Just a hard, tough runner with a really good offensive line like ours. You're like, he's going to get four or five yards, you know, a lot of the time on a carry. And when he went out of the game, I thought it changed. It's like, we don't have a guy behind him who can come in and do the same stuff that he does, apparently. You know, no, Gibbs isn't Gibbs there. Gibbs isn't that guy. And, and the other guy who came in, like... Wasn't effective. Wasn't, yeah, wasn't very effective. So I thought yep. that narrowed their options. And so, you know, the best teams are like, okay, a guy goes down, next man up, let's go. Like, let's just keep rolling as talented as the Lions are on offense, there still might be some spots like maybe at running back where if one guy goes down, like it's a little bit of a problem. You know, I I don't know for sure. And maybe they're just still trying to figure out how to make Gibbs more effective. Like that seems to be the case, but it felt like once my, like I felt like if Montgomery was in there, then that could have made a difference, even though we did tie it up. So maybe maybe mm-hmm. I'm overselling this, but... Well, no, but it does also... I mean, again, like a, a half glass full within the glass half empty is it actually makes the comeback all the more impressive yeah, true. doing it with so many guys down. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, we, we don't know at all what we're going to hear about Montgomery or Vitae or if, for instance, St. Brown's going to need to sit a game. Yeah. But... But there was a lot of, you know, and I mean, weirdly, by the end of the game, the Lions were down 
two starting offensive linemen right. also because Taylor Decker was Decker, out. He was out. Decker didn't play the whole game. Yeah. He didn't right. dress. So, you know, again, part of the luck of football. Yeah. We benefited from in week one. Yeah. Was that, right. you know, Kelsey and, and Jones weren't out. We're out. The, the, yeah. the frustrating thing, the glass half empty piece of it is that we were, I was pretty confident that. If they if Seahawks were coming in with two right. with the, both of their tackles out, that Hutch would have a big game, that we would have pressure on him, that they would struggle to move the ball, and somehow that was not the case. That was the and most that was, disappointing that was, part of the yeah, game. That was sure. the most frustrating part of the game. Even if, like I was saying before, okay, maybe Geno Smith is a lot better than you know everyone is giving him credit for, even given last year. Still at home against backup O-linemen, you should get at least one sack. You should slow mm-hmm. the guy down a little bit more. I mean, he just yeah. got in such a rhythm and, like, almost couldn't miss. And except for that one insane play where he scrambled backwards, like, 20 yards, right. that was, like, the one moment of, like, okay, this guy just lost it. But other than that, he was super yeah. poised and just didn't get, like, wasn't rattled much. He didn't, we didn't even really hit him. You know, that's that's the no. thing. It's one thing if you're not going to get sacks, but at least put the guy on the ground a bunch of times. We didn't even do that. So let me ask you, before we move into self-care, uh, I want to ask you a question about how did you... How, we went one for three on fourth down conversions. Mm, yeah. Um, how did you feel about... I mean, obviously, this is one of those things that all those plays are kind of... It's hard not to just say they went for one and three, so that was bad, and they shouldn't go for it as much. They easily, you know, I think all of them, they could have converted, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, how, where are you sitting on that? Because I'm a little bit, there was part of me this game that was like, are you guys getting a little too cute mm. on some of that? There was one time where one of the ones they didn't convert, they were on their own 42 yeah. or something, and it felt like... Uh, you could punt it and pin them at their like eight. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, you got to have a little faith in your defense. And it, how, how are, yeah. you, where are you landing on that? Um, well, first of all, the talking heads after the game, like Terry Bradshaw and Howie, you know, whatever, Howie Long, they said pretty much exactly the same thing that you just said. Like, they get it. It's the Lions' identity. It's Dan Campbell's thing, sort of, you know, super aggressive, mm-hmm. go for it, which generally, I think, on the orgasm, we're all in agreement. Generally, we love it, you know, and it's yeah. awesome. And I think the uh, uh, football nation loves it for sure. Roar Nation yeah. loves it, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, it can it can make the difference in a win. And sometimes, if you make the wrong call there, it can make the difference in a loss. Like. Remind me, so when they, yeah, that one time when they, I think they were on their own 45 and they went for it and it just broke down and, you know, they yeah. didn't get it. It was an incomplete pass. And, and see, Montgomery was out by that point. And I think that's where they give it to him and he's good at just picking up those, you know, right. like four or right. five yards. And then, and then did Seattle go down and score like after that? It's possible. I can't. I can't remember. Right. But it's certainly possible they did. At the least, it was like you get. You know, you give them a really short field, right. and then you put the defense. I mean, it cuts both ways. It's like, are you doing that because you have confidence in your defense that if you don't convert, 
Yeah. They're going to they're going to or or is the decision in and of itself a sign that you don't have confidence in the defense and you need right. to keep the ball. I I didn't feel great about those. I felt like they got a little ahead of themselves. Mm-hmm. I will say I thought in general Ben Johnson, I kind of felt like he it was a more of a Ben Johnson game. We have to talk about the flea flea. Oh, hell yeah. That was magisterial <laughs> in its execution. Yes. I mean, that was yes. so I, I texted a few people after that. I was like, if you don't love this team, you hate football. <laughs> right, right. Because that was amazing. It was a great call. It was well yes. executed. Yeah. And, and it just was, I thought they were taking control in that Right. Moment. That was where I was like, okay, here we go. Lions football, yeah. let's go. And frankly, Goff even underthrew the ball a tiny bit. The receiver kind of had yep. to wait. He but did. still, like he was so open that it, it worked. Yeah. And yeah, that's where it was like, that's obviously the Lions at their best. Perfect play call, yeah. great execution, catching the other team by surprise, super fun football. Like, everyone loves that stuff. Um, yeah. So that's obviously glass. That was the glass overflowing with, with goodness, you know, football for sure, goodness. For sure. um, but, uh, I mean, just to go back for a second to the injuries, like, does any other sport even come close to how many people get injured in a game like no. hockey like I don't I don't feel like I watch enough hockey or any hockey to even know but like I'm thinking no I'm thinking football is by far no. the most got like players going down during gameplay yeah I think you have I think there's something that's different and less but meaningful which is like in basketball when, especially if you make it deep into the playoffs, you're playing over 100 games in a season. And you have a lot of guys that are like either slowly breaking down or have a little injury that they just cannot recover from, which is one of the reasons now you're seeing in the NBA so many guys sitting all the time because teams are like, we don't, we'll we'll screw our playoff seed, we'll lose some games, we need this guy close to 100%. But no, football is the game that like, is the game where you go in with, like, all the Lions players that got injured today, I think, came into the game 100% healthy. As far as I know, right. And then, you know, and it's a single play, and yep. you're done for the season. I mean, look what happened to Rodgers, you know. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe if they did some sort of examination of his Achilles, they would have been like, yeah, you've got, this is not a Achilles that's 100% and you're 39, whatever. Yeah. But, like, it also just could have been that that's what, so no, yeah. I mean, it's, so much of football is, you know, is, yeah, is there's just well, these injuries, and the, it's a big question for the season now. Is what are we going to hear tomorrow afternoon? Right. I mean, all these guys. But like you said, you know, every team deals with this, and so for sure, it's yeah, it's not like I feel like okay, if Amon Ra misses a game, and I don't even think he will. I mean, he did come back and played. Yeah, you know, he wasn't at a hundred percent, but. He's just I, such a tough dude. I assume dude. he won't practice much, yeah. and he'll... Play. And, like, Hutch got banged a little bit, but he was back in, you know, pretty quickly. Yeah. And these are young guys, and, they'll, you know, they'll right. probably heal pretty quickly. Um, but, uh, I mean, look, again, another glass-half-full thing. Like, the flea flicker was obviously the single best play of the game. But there were a couple mm-hmm. other really cool plays, like yeah. the one near... Well, the fourth... Yeah, the, the fourth, fourth near near their convert. goal line when they did that, like, yeah. cool misdirection yep. thing and Amon Ra got it. Yep. It was like, hell yeah, there we go. Like, very creative, no, no. very, like, Ben Johnson dialed that up perfectly. Again, it looked like a not the easiest play to execute, and they totally did yeah. it and got the first down. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
they're capable of that shit. And look, I'd be a lot more upset, obviously, if it they had just lost like, you know, 23 to 14 or something, you know, and like once again, the offense just couldn't do anything. And the defense like kind of was okay, but gave up points. No, it was, yeah, this weird flip of the KC game where the offense, we, we see what they can do just like last year. And I don't think that's going to fundamentally change, you know, unless they mm-hmm. truly have some devastating injuries all around, you know, the team. Yeah. But um, like, okay, it's, they, we know what they can do on offense so they can, they can put up points. It's the right. defense against Seattle, which, you know, probably at best, and it's just too early to tell is like an above average offensive team. Maybe. They have one, like Metcalf, the receiver, who's apparently, like, very good. He's, like, one of the better receivers in the league. And Geno Smith is, like, an above-average QB. But it's not like their offense is elite. It's not. No, but I think it's decidedly above-average. I'll tell you this. I don't know if you're following, but the Rams right now Mm. are... It's um, let me see what the score is here. I've Got to update this. Right, they're playing. So they're playing the 49ers. They're tied with the Niners right now in the second half. Right. So the Rams could be, you know, everybody. The Rams had such an implosion last year, and they're obviously old and Cup is injured. Yeah. But like Stafford still can do Stafford things, and I think Donald is back. And right. I think the team is. I think the team is a little bit on the like no one believes in us mission. Yeah. So you know Seattle. And again, there is the thing of like we like to think that that Campbell said all the right things and that the players were in their right mindset. But maybe there's we live in a world in which Seattle kind of benefited from losing last week and the Lions didn't benefit from winning. And so maybe you know, it's going to be a lot of that kind of bouncing back think, and forth. Yeah. I think so. You know, that's. I think so. Let's um. I know I have to get off in a little bit, right. but let's do. I think we do have to talk about self-care. the self care yeah. part of this because let me tell you where I'm at. Yeah. I don't know if I'm at it right now still, but I that game ended and I was seriously thinking, I need to look into getting. Is it like YouTube TV, which I think is a kind of automatic DVR? Yeah. And that I just watched these games knowing the outcome because (laughs) there was a part of me, I feel okay now. I took a walk with with my dog after this and talked to my friend Mm -hmm. and kind of got it out of my system. But I I didn't feel for the three hours and change that I was watching the game that I was doing a good thing to myself. (laughs) Like, I didn't feel like there was obviously excitement. There was obviously moments of joy. You know, they didn't get blown out. So there was quite a bit of good things that happened and happy moments. But I just, I mean, the things I was texting people, like, I just ordered a defibrillator from Amazon (laughs) and a box of adult Depends undergarments. You know, I've shat my pants and shat them. Like, it just felt like there was a part of me that I really had to wonder why... You you should be able to just either a just enjoy this more, or yeah. b not feel so. And I just felt like the roaraholic in me was. I mean, as I said, I, I'm before the game was over. I'm like I'm at Walbrook no matter how this plays out. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I feel. So I don't know. Tell me, I'm I'm, I'm still thinking. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna look into. 
the YouTube and see how much it costs. And I and I really do just feel like I've got to pace myself better. This is not yeah. the amount I'm invested after two weeks. Is I don't I oh I also in another decision that I I may come to regret not financially because it's only a dollar for the first like six weeks or something. <laughs> but I subscribe to the free press just for more Lions content <laughs> oh because they have almost everything. <laughs> right. They have almost everything behind a paywall there. Right. Now. And right. part of me a little bit feels like you should support the free press. Right. Like, God knows. Well, these all these all these non like newspapers that aren't the New York Times or the Post yeah. are like are hanging on by a thread. Well. Of course, I'm giving them a dollar in the meantime. <laughs> but but I'm just beginning to wonder like what I I think I just I need to have a better plan than like I'm going to care about this more than everything but my immediate family members. Like cuz I think yeah. that's where yeah. on some level I think I care. Like I'm kind of coasting professionally and it's okay I can do that. But I I, I don't know where are you at okay. with this? Okay. Well, I have a few things to say. First of all, yeah, the fact that you can get the free press for one dollar for six weeks is not. It might be six months. For six but months, I don't remember. Is says a lot about the state of the newspaper industry. Like they'll take whatever yeah. they can get. You know. They're, well, they're just hoping, right, and with good reason that you'll just forget. Right. Yeah. Because then it's like fifteen bucks a month. Right. But even fifteen bucks a month, like it's forgettable. It's fifty enough. cents a day. Yeah. Right. So I might I might even subscribe to that because definitely well, what I need in my life is more Lions content right now. I mean For sure. I so your experience of watching the game is very similar to mine. And I actually was watching on YouTube TV. That was the way that I found to watch so you, it. So you, 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 you put up the money? I got the free trial. So there's a one-week oh. free trial. So I was like, let me do this and then see what happens. It ain't cheap. So I might... How much is it? Do you know? I think altogether it's like 400 bucks. Like what? for the rest of the season. Which I don't know if that's a lot wow. or not. But it's not like a cheap investment. It's like hundreds of that's dollars. That's a lot of money. Right? Although you get every money. game, like every game. That every, you get all NFL games. Pretty much. Or a lot of And fun. so there's no, but, and, and they, and, and do they not, we don't need to totally talk about right. this on the pod, but it sounds like they don't do a thing where you're like, I just want to watch this one team. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, not that yeah, I'm aware I'm of, but you, you have to look into I, it more. But in any case. That is that's, not in the budget. But that's, but my point really <laughs> is, see, I watched the game alone with my dog. And yeah. that's part of the problem, all right? Being isolated and only having mm -hmm. the texting. Thank God we can text because if not yeah. for that, I think I would like punch out a window or something yeah. or, or like knock myself out running around the house like an idiot. But yeah. I mean, I'm watching the game on the couch with my dog and yelling and screaming, you know, both enjoy like when they scroll like, yeah, let's go and fuck. And every time my dog would be sleeping and then I would wake her up and she'd give me one of those like, huh? I'd be like, sorry, sorry, Kesem. It's okay. It's okay. Good girl. Yeah. Good girl. But it's like, it's too, this is another thing that totally cuts both ways. The, the fact that second two games into the season, we are now at a crucial juncture. Right. <laughs> Every fucking game is so intense. And that is what makes football so awesome. And by far the most popular sport in the United States, right? It's yeah. so intense. Like every the stakes are at a fever pitch 
for the entire yeah. season. And then even within games, every play is like kind of a big deal. You know, right, it's right, not right. like there's no other sport again that I think even comes close to that. Right. We all know the NBA, yeah. the regular season is like whatever, you know, and certainly yeah. even in just a given game, like any one play, you're like, whatever. But in football, like every little thing that happens is a big deal. And like we were talking before, in any play, the star player could go down. Like you just don't know. That is an exhausting experience. And and every play, every play can be seven points. Yeah. And it can be seven points for the defense. Yeah, for the other team. Like you you just, it, it, it really takes a toll. And I think watching it in isolation is not good. I mean, I don't have any other choice. But right. there no, uh, I, I am in a, I might be the only Roraholic in Bloomington, Indiana, as far as I know. And yeah, there's probably a couple others. But like, I, I, I think it would yeah. be a much, not less intense, but a slightly less self-damaging experience if I was watching mm-hmm. it with like you and Dino, let's say, in the same living room. Yeah. At least right. we'd have each other physically there to like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's. Watching it in isolation, it's like you have nowhere to go, no one else around to kind of yeah, play off yeah. of. And goddamn, like that is an in, that's an intense and unless the Lions are blowing out the other team, if it's right. anything other than that, even if they're winning, but it's a little bit close, it's like I right. can feel my body breaking down, you know, and my mind no, slowly game, disintegrating. And this game was really pretty much wire to wire. Yeah. It was a hard game to exhale on. Yeah. I think Seattle scored first. It was a high-scoring game. It was back and forth. You know, we got to the place where it seemed like it was close to over. It'll be interesting to look at the win probability in this game. I assume at some point they were at least in the high 80s. And it is, when you watch it alone, there's a little thing. It's like any other kind of solitude, there's sort of nowhere to hide. Yeah. You know, you know, you face your maker. Yeah. And so I I am going to look into, maybe I'll do the free trial next week and try what it's like to like, just not watch the game and then watch it once I know what happened. And and, and I know that's sort of cheating. Like it's a little bit of a coward move. Yeah. But I also feel like it's a kind of a self-preservation thing. Like I can't. I just don't know if I can do this for f- we have 15 more games. Yeah, and and look, it's one thing if this was like 20, 25 years ago when we were all still younger men, not young, yeah. but younger and like still yeah. on the up, still on the upslope. Now, yeah. I mean, me and you, we're we're in our 50s, right? We're on the fucking downslope. Dino is Dino is not yet 50, but he might as well be. You know, and he's what he's got to be 49, right? He's 48, I believe, or maybe he's okay. 49. I'm not sure, but he's right there. And in any case, yeah. he's had a lot of, you know, he's done a lot of lions watching a lot more than us. So, yeah, he's well known. We all know that the air quality in Roar Nation, yes, just by that is bad. It's, it's, he's in the metro Detroit. It's not he's breathed in a lot of donkey ball, like dust <laughs> and residue, yes. you know, so, yes, so. He might as well be older than us, frankly. And it's a young man's game. And this is like, I almost feel like part of our program now should be some kind of physical like workout regimen to prepare for games, yeah. like body and mind, well, like meditation, some some cardio, 
some kind of special diet to help us to sustain us through the season. I, well, I'll tell you, A, no joke, I meditate every day in the morning. Ooh, okay. And a little bit is helping. All right. But B, I did ride an exercise bike for almost the entire first half. Ooh, okay. And that kind of helped. Yeah. It kind yeah. of helped. And also just the whole thing of like any day that you exercise, you're like, at least I did that. Yeah, right. So I kind of had that in the bag, especially after we went for Rosh Hashanah last night. And I, I, I remember saying to my wife after like, it's rare that I eat that much and feel that disgusting. Like I kind of <laughs> right. at this point, no, like just don't eat too much food. Yeah, like, right. right there. It's a because it just feels disgusting. Yeah. And I kind of like so I kind of came in with a little bit like, oh, man. Yeah. So I exercise. But I but I'm serious. Like, I don't know. And the other thing, I mean, when you were saying this isn't 20, 25 years ago, I thought where you were going with that was the media landscape is so ah, different. Well, like, right. you can, yes. You know, like, I, I, I have so many bad lions habits right now. Yeah. Like, I've taken to, you know, I work alone most days and I'll have my lunch and I'll just go on YouTube <laughs> And I'll just watch some moronic, like some, all these schmucks that are like trying to make content and like, make sure to like me. And all they're doing (laughs) is like, it's like, let me break down how awesome Jameer Gibbs is going to be. The Lions just hacked the draft. And you're just like watching and it's all this stuff you've seen before. And it's like, and so I think, I, I think the vow I have to make for myself is less mid i mean i'll be less inclined to consume lions content this week because it will all be negative there'll be a lot of people that'll be like lions are not ready yet and goff is you know goff is what we thought yeah but i think i gotta tone down the consumption of content midweek and then i have to come up with a plan for next sunday i don't well i'm not sure i want to watch it live by myself i I hear you a hundred percent yeah I'm going to say right now, I don't, it definitely would not work for me to watch the game once I know what's already happened. I, I, I just wouldn't watch it because I would watch, hi, if they win, then I would watch highlights. I would maybe yeah. watch some version of like the Lions scoring just to see that. But if they lose, I'm like, well, I don't want to watch that now. Like, why would I yeah. put myself through right. that? You know, and just, you know, obviously the fun of sports, even when it's torturous, is you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it plays out and it's, you know, yeah, yeah. once it's our, I, I already know. I mean, at that point, we're just being professional podcasters like, well, we're going to pod. So we need to watch the game, even though right, we know, right. you know, you know, know what happened. But uh, it's look there. We knew the Lions were not going to go undefeated. That's true. Right. We even knew. They were going to lose at least one game that we kind of thought was going to be a win. Mm -hmm. And we just didn't think it was going to be this game and so early in the season. Yeah. And again, yeah, I mean, we also got the I think when I looked at the schedule month ago or whatever, I thought this game was a toss up. What of course, what what happened was after Seattle played so poorly against the Rams. We're like, maybe they're not good, and we just beat the Chiefs. So, I mean, one of the things you have to keep in mind is that at least until like five, six, seven games into the season, you have to assume you don't really know anything. Right. With with a couple, like, there's a couple teams that will emerge as total dog shit. Yeah. 
And then there'll be a couple teams that it's like, all right, especially if it's a team you thought was going to be good to begin with, right? You know, if the if the Niners open four and one, five and five and zero, oh, right. same with and the you're Eagles, like, sure. Then like, all right, these guys are for real. Everybody else, and this probably is going to include the Lions, are yeah. in that parity pack, and it's like, are they going to get better as the season goes on? Are they going to avoid injuries? We shall see. Are people going right. to take a leap, and we don't know. And um, I got to get off. Cause I got I got to get off. But um, do you have closing thoughts? Yeah. And should we apologize to Dino again publicly? For, yeah. Well, let's for say nodding behind his back. You know, Dino. Uh, we fully admit that we 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 instead of celebrating Rosh, the second day of Rosh Hashanah, we rode the silver lion all day long, and uh, you know we knew what we were doing. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. Um, and then we went ahead and potted without you. So to, to heap sin upon sin. Um, well, we learned that the, the silver lion is the second cousin twice removed of the golden calf. Yeah. And, and we, have, Indeed. we have sinned at the, at the base of Mount Campbell. <laughs> yes. If, the, if, the, if Dino's going to descend from the mountain and like curse us and cast like snakes yeah. upon us, you know, disease yeah. and turbulence. So, yeah, let's uh, officially Dino... But we're just getting started. I mean, we've been potting now for, if we count the first part, probably for close to like 45, like 50 minutes. That's just yeah. the first, that'll end up being just the first third of what will ultimately yeah. be right, episode right. three. So book, we'll get book Dino one on. of episode three. <laughs> yes, indeed. Should we do a two-part roar? Uh, yeah, we should. It'll, let's at least see if we can do that. Okay. A one, two, three. Roar. That was powerful. That was a Roragadola. I wasn't <laughs> sure was what was going to happen. I, neither one of us, there was a moment in there where I was like, who's flinching I, first? Who's backing down? I could have kept going. I know. And then I felt like I had a non-aggression pact on that one. <laughs> it was mutually assured destruction. I was like, <laughs> it really was like, was. Uncle Brother it was is, is Uncle Brother has not taken, he doesn't need a breath. You're like, you are, you were able uh, to go. Circular breathing. But I thought we hit a very nice harmony there. And I, and I, I was felt, like, I also heard it. And I wasn't aware we were doing the Roragdola until it was happening. And then I'm like, <laughs> yeah. how long is this going to go? Well, I'll, I have to tell you, there was a bit of indication in that because when I listened to our last episode, I had a cold. Mm, yes. And I really face planted on the last roar. Like, I yes. really had no business <laughs> participating in that. And, you shanked you know, it. I've, I've never. I really. I've, I was a total shank 11. It was one of those punts where they're like, they gained two yards. Right. The punk goes backwards. How did that happen? Yeah. So I, I feel I feel like I, I, I kept myself off the waiver wire. You came back like. strong in this roar, for sure. It's, <laughs> it's you know it, what? We're we're built for this roar. It's kind of like that was very much like when you're at Shul for Rosh Hashanah and it's time for the Tiad Godola and you're kind of anticipating and someone gets up there and just fucking unfurls one and you're like, <laughs> yeah. How yeah. much how as long is this gonna go? Holy fuck. For sure. Like I'm starting and to get worried. Then there starts there starts being the like murmurs yeah, in the crowd. Right. Oh, my you know, God. Oh, my it's, God. it's especially great if it's like a 70 year old woman. Yeah. 
you know, like a teeny like woman. Like a three foot five, there. right. Yeah, like just like she looks like, like his, I didn't know Ruth Westheimer <laughs> was a member of this congregation. And she comes up and just fucking unleashes. It's one of those giant like, like shofars that are like bigger than her. Yeah, and she yeah, unleashes. The, and like, the twirler. At first it starts and you're like, and first you're just like, wow, that's a good clean, you know, blast for, for such a small person. And then it goes to what you'd expect for uh, the, the, the Godol, like the, you know, the last yeah. one. And then it keeps going and you're like, huh? and the murmurs start. And then it can get to a place where you're like, this is double as long as I thought it was going to go. Yeah. And if it yeah, keeps yeah. going beyond that, then right. I don't even know what happens. Right. It's like, you're like, this was worth it. I still don't know how I feel about like organized religion, but holy cow, that was great. Whatever that was. I want more, please. Yeah, we should have way more shofar holidays. Yeah. Right? Like, why doesn't Hanukkah have a shofar? Like, what? why leave it there? I feel like we can incorporate it into the orgasm. Like, if we sometimes want to, instead of roaring it out, we shofar it out. Can I, Can anyone blow a shofar? Can you blow a shofar? Yeah. I think Air Low can blow a show for Okay. Yeah. All right, man. All right. This was uh this was cathartic as yeah, usual. We had to do it. Um you know, let's let's hang in there together, my yeah. friend. All right, man. It's always a pleasure. Okay. I'm out. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Spider-Man Allen, and I have a message for everyone in the NFL. Man standing on the seat with his helmet way down low. Ain't no sound but the sound of clean. The line began to roar. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Are you sitting?